Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Everybody, welcome to Calvary Live. Jason Vandeveer here with you on a Friday afternoon. Looking forward to the next hour, taking your calls and questions, prayer requests uh, about the Bible, Christianity, about your lives, and... Uh, what the Lord is doing in your life, and what you need prayer for specifically. Had a great show yesterday, and looking forward to another one here Friday afternoon. Maybe you're on your way home uh, from work. Maybe you're at work. Maybe you didn't go to work today. Maybe you're on your way home from school or wherever uh, you may be going to or from or uh, wherever you may be at. Welcome to you. Appreciate all of uh, our listeners uh, you're what really makes this program special, and your calls and the conversations that we have uh, are what I enjoy, and so many people who listen to this program enjoy. Uh, of course, uh, love all of you in Colorado and Wyoming, all our Grace FM listeners and Truth FM listeners in Kentucky, North Carolina, and Tennessee. Uh, welcome to all of you listening. Uh, one week delay, but you can still call in, as uh, can our Hope FM listeners. Uh, also listening one week later, uh, but still uh, obviously enjoying the program as we're getting so many calls uh, uh, from these areas, including Maryland, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. Welcome to all of you. One number for all to call, 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. If you... Uh, choose to call, and I pray that uh, that many of you do choose to call today and uh, just take the time to join us on the program with your question. Maybe you have a question about the Bible, something that you just read uh, or something that, that you've uh, really wondered about for a long time, 303-690-3000. If you prefer to text, please uh, give us just a short one-sentence text if you can, prayer request or question, and you can send that to 720 Nine seven seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven is the text number if you choose to use that. I'm Jason Vanderveer. I'm the pastor of Calvary Chapel in Parker, Colorado, and uh, you can go to our website. Great resources there. More information about our fellowship, uh, Calvary Chapel Parker. Dot com. That's CalvaryChapelParker.com, including uh, audio and video studies through the entire Bible that you can download, stream uh, as well for free anytime. Just pick a book of the Bible and uh, and study, and, and uh, we're blessed to be able to put that resource uh, up there for uh, anyone that wants to use it. And, and then if you're going to be in the Parker, Colorado area, I encourage you to come on out and join us uh, as soon as this Sunday. That's your next opportunity. We're continuing in the book of Ezra. We'll be in chapters 3 and 4 as we see how the rebuilding of the temple begins uh, after the Babylonian captivity. So it's going to be exciting, and we're looking forward to getting into that and getting great encouragement uh, from that. But I'm looking forward to this program with all of you here today getting encouragement uh, from your calls and your questions 
303-690-3000 is the number, and you can call. Now's really actually a great time to call. Uh, early in the program usually is, uh, usually even in the first 15 minutes of the program is is uh, is best even, um, because the calls uh, haven't begun to to back up as sometimes they can. And so uh, if you're someone that likes to, to wait, you know, wait in the program call later if you just say, I love to wait. Uh, but uh, if you like to, to get on the program a little bit easier, uh, usually earlier on uh, the first uh, segments here and uh, the first half of the program, our best, 303-690-3000. Let's go to Janelle in Colorado Springs. Janelle, welcome to the program. Hi. How this you doing? Day is a keeper from God. Let me tell you, it's gorgeous over here. <laughs> It's a beautiful fall day. I, I love fall in Colorado, as it sounds like you do as well. Oh, I do. It's one of my favorite times. It just. I, I have a. Go, go I ahead. have a question about um, in the scripture, in the Ten Commandments, where it says, "Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image," mm-hmm. and then it goes on to say, "Neither the likeness of anything that is in the earth or in the seas." And I was wondering, I've heard a lot of people say that commandment doesn't have anything to do with us today mm-hmm. because it was because of idolatry. Right. But um, something about how specific it is in what it says just doesn't ring true that we can just, you know, write it off as not having anything to do with us. Yeah, it's interesting. Of course, we're talking about Exodus chapter 20 there, the Ten Commandments. And, and um, you know, you, you bring up an important point with idolatry. Of course, all of the other religions uh, of that time, and even many religions since, uh, have had some sort of image. In other words, if you, um, you know, if you worship the the pantheon and, and all of the different gods of 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 Greece and Rome and Egypt, they had different images. You know, half man, half goat for uh, Pan. Or you know, uh, if you were part of some of the Canaanite religions and you worship Dagon, he was a half man, half fish. He was the fish god. And uh, oh so, wow, yeah, there have been all of these other you know land and sea creatures and and all sorts of graven images. You know, Helios, the sun god, and so forth. And so you know there. There've been all, and, and they made these images, and they would put these images in their temple, and they would make, you know, little figurines for their home, and set them up, and 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 worship them. And so, what the Lord was telling them is, look, don't do that for me. Don't don't come up with what you think I look like. First of all, you'll be wrong, uh, and and if you do it that way. And second of all, I I don't want you to have these images because I know how easy it is for you to worship the image. A classic example of that in in Israel is when they. Uh, Moses in the wilderness was told to make a bronze serpent and and put it on a pole, and that of course oh, yeah. was was pointing forward to Jesus Christ, right? And all those bitten by the serpent in the wilderness, uh, they're in judgment if they looked to that pole, they would they would be healed, right? Well, yeah. several several uh, centuries later, they began to worship this image to where it had to be. They called it Nehushtan, and they had to to destroy it um, because it had become an idol. And so, you know, if you made things like that, God knew that it was just a matter of time before they began worshiping them. And so he, he told them not to do that. 
Now, I would kind of agree with you um, that there can be application of this today. I wouldn't say, well, it's not for today. First of all, there are still false religions today that that uh, have graven images, you might say, that, that are idolatrous. Obviously, yes. obviously, this would speak to that. I think that it can uh, speak to a, a, a Christian as well, uh, just as it spoke to Israel. And in fact, in, in, when Israel, if you go into synagogues that were built uh, in Israel during times when they were uh, right with God, um, you see no graven images. But, for example, if you go to the, the synagogue in Bet Alpha uh, in Israel, you see a time when they were starting to wander from God and they started putting images, icons, uh, in their synagogues, in the, in the mosaic floors and things like that. And so, oh, so wow. We, yeah, it's, it's very fascinating when they obeyed and when they didn't obey this, um, you know, in their worship and in their, in their architecture. So, you know, as a Christian, there, you know, I think we need to be careful uh, if we start developing things that uh, we believe are representations uh, of God. Uh, and in fact, you know, there's really no need to do that um, because number one, we can get it wrong. And two, the danger is at some point that we begin to focus on the icon uh, rather than on God. Yes. Well, so. now, along with that, is it wrong to have, like, pictures of Jesus? Is I that a... I, yeah. I don't know. I have mixed feelings about that. Yeah, I don't personally believe that it's wrong to have a picture of Jesus. I personally wouldn't do it just because, you know, we don't know what he looked like. So, you know, exactly. do, I, you know do we have a picture of Jesus or, or do we have a picture of the guy down the street? You know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and so often the pictures of Jesus that you see are very anglicized, right? So, yes, so they're, extremely. They're, you can probably be sure that they're, they're not accurate. So I wouldn't say, you know, if somebody has a painting of some artist's rendering of Jesus that, you know, that that's going against the Ten Commandments. I just personally think that it's, it's probably not accurate. And so, you know, I, I'm not going to put it up, you know, my home. I'm going to wait to see what Jesus looks like. In the meantime, you know, I imagine with my heart and my spirit, and I know uh, I focus more on his nature uh, and his character, which I exactly. do know from the scripture, right? Yes. Yeah. So, you know, if somebody wants to do that and it's not a night, you know, it's not like they're worshiping and bowing before this image and so forth and it becomes an icon, then I don't really see it as a problem. For me personally, it's, you know, it's just a, a you know, different strokes and, and that's not something that really I find, uh, uh, you know, that helps me. Exactly. Okay. Thank you so much, Pastor. You betcha, Janelle, and thank you for calling. God bless you there in Colorado Springs. God bless you. 303-690-3000. Jason Vandeveer here with you on Calvary Live. Let's go to Jim in Greeley. Jim, welcome to the program. Hi. Um, yeah, I have a sad question. Uh, my daughter-in-law and my son, um, they were going to have a baby, but uh, she, she went into labor at five months, and uh, she delivered the baby, and he was only uh, five months old anyway. Uh, he only lived for an hour. They only got to love him and enjoy him for an hour. He passed away. And my question is, um, are they going to be babies in heaven, or, or, or do they grow up and they're going to be adults yeah. once they get to heaven with the Lord? Well, first of all, let me just say, Jim, that, that um, you know, our heart goes out to you. Anybody that has experienced uh, what you're experiencing right now knows um uh, you know, there there aren't words to to express uh, 
you know, uh, how we feel uh, and how we stand with you and how our hearts go out to you uh, because of what you've experienced. But um, the good news is, is that while you're uh, going through and, and your family uh, is going through a great deal of pain, that, that as with uh, all pain that a believer suffers, it's temporary. And I can absolutely a- a- assure to you uh, that, uh, that uh, there are going to be children in heaven. In fact, um, we have in Scripture uh, what is known as the, the age uh, of accountability. In other words, there is a point in which uh, someone comes of age and they're, uh, um, they're responsible you know, for themselves and, and they, can, uh, you know, they can decide uh, for themselves whether or not they're going to choose Jesus Christ. And so uh, at that point, um, you know, they make that decision whether or not they're going to, uh, to, to receive Christ and be saved or whether or not they're going to, to reject uh, Jesus Christ. But uh, the, the beauty is, is that before that point, uh, we can have assurance uh, that, uh, that, that, that young people who haven't had the opportunity, don't have the, the ability to choose, uh, are with the Lord. And, and not just based on the nature of God, but, but based on, on the scripture. Um, in Second Samuel chapter 12, there, uh, there's, uh, there's a very interesting uh, passage of, uh, uh, of scripture where David uh, has sinned and uh, he, you know, uh, hit the, the uh, Bathsheba, she, she has a child. That's, of course, the, the sin where he takes Bathsheba, commits adultery with her. She becomes pregnant. Uh, she has a child, and, and the child uh, in infancy uh, actually dies. And David uh, says something very interesting in that passage. After the child dies, you know, he washes, he eats, he's, he's no longer praying and fasting and mourning. And, and his servants are, are confused. And, and David says, he says, you know, the child's not coming back. He says, uh, he won't come back to me, but I'm going to go to him. And, and anybody who, there in verses 21 through 23 of Second Samuel chapter 12, anyone who, who has lost a child or who has, uh, you know, their, their family, uh, someone in their family has lost a child, I think can, can find encouragement in that, that uh, David had the full anticipation that he was going to go be with the Lord and that his son, uh, who had passed away, uh, would be there waiting for him. And so uh, that's the assurance that we can have as believers as well, right from God's word, uh, that those uh, who have passed away before, as I said, this age uh, of accountability, who haven't had the opportunity to choose, that they go and into the presence uh, of the Lord. And do they stay as a child for eternity, or do they grow up to adults? Well, see, that's the, the, the it, it isn't so much a matter of growth. Um, that, that's the beauty of, of when we go to be with the Lord. While there is going to be the recognition of who people are, you know, I always like to tell people, look, we're not going to be less aware. 
We're not going to be less intelligent. We're not going to forget things in eternity. Uh, but it's not necessarily going to be like this. Jesus uh, pointed out one of the differences in that he talked about there, there isn't marriage. And so a lot of times we make assumptions, and the religious leaders made assumptions that, you know, j- that just because somebody was married on earth that they would be uh, married in heaven. Jesus says, no, people are neither married nor are they given in marriage. And I suspect that there's a lot of other changes as well. And one of those is, is that, that there isn't growth, but that we're in a glorified state, um, not necessarily a state of, of five months old or, or 95 years old or 30 years old, uh, but we're in an eternal glorified state of spirit and of soul. Because uh, I think that, that particular question is really tied to the age of the body right? It, 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 and someone's age is really t- tied to the physicality of their body, not, not the nature of their spirit, the nature of their soul, uh, which is eternal. And so when this body perishes, whether it perishes at five months or whether it perishes at 95 years old, it's going to be resurrected, as 1 Corinthians 15 tells us, and it's going to be completely transformed. Now, that person will still be that person. There'll still be uh, recognition of, of who they are, but it won't be tied to, to the things that we associate uh, it with, such as age in this life. Oh, okay. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Thank you. Uh, I wanted to share his name. They named him a beautiful name. It was Gabriel Luke. Ah, I love that. Yeah, well, and of course, two names that are very uh, well tied together in Scripture, too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So thank you, thank well, you for all. It really helped me out. And um, it's sad that he had to, he only got to live for an hour, but I do we do have the hope that we'll get to see him again someday in heaven when we go up to be with the Lord. Yet you have the 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 hope, and and by hope I know what you mean, what all believers mean when we say that. Not not the hope of the world that maybe this will happen, but but a confident expectation. That's what hope in the scripture means. We have this confident expectation. We know that we're going to be in the presence of the Lord. We know that, that, that Gabriel Luke is already in the presence of the Lord, and uh, he's just waiting uh, for, uh, for a reunion, waiting for a reunion with you guys. Uh, thank you. That's, that really comforted my, my heart. I appreciate it. You betcha. Let me pray for you, Jim. Uh, pray with you. Father, we just thank you so much for Jim. I just pray that you be with him uh, right now, Lord, uh, that uh, the peace which passes all understanding would, would guard his heart and mind in Christ Jesus. And, and we thank you for this life of Gabriel Luke. And, and Lord, that uh, while it was shorter than, uh, than, than uh, would have been hoped for, would have, uh, would have been desired by us, uh, Lord, you know what is best. And, and he's in glory. He's in your presence. And he's awaiting uh, not only the fulfillment of all of your promises, Lord, but uh, awaiting the arrival of his family that have placed their faith and trust in you. And so we pray that now while, while uh, his family is down here, uh, Lord, uh, while they're, they're in this life and this body, Lord, that you would comfort their hearts and, and that you would strengthen them and that you would encourage them and that they would live each day with the anticipation uh, that uh, you are going to send your son soon for your church, uh, that you are going to turn the world right side up for you, that you are going to right all wrongs, and that uh, that we will see those uh, who who uh, have passed away and who sleep in Jesus. Lord, we love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. Hey, you bet, Jim, and uh, God bless you. God bless your family, and, and thanks for calling. 
God bless you, too. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. Jason Vanderveer here with you on Calvary Live. Let's go to John in, in New Jersey. John, welcome. Hey, Pastor. How are you? I'm doing really well. Thanks for asking. How's your day going? Uh, my day is going okay. Um, I'm going through a difficult situation. My, my wife and I are divorced, and um, I'm getting—well, um, we're not divorced. I'm sorry. We're separated. Um, okay. Neither one, ironically, has used the word divorce, but she has said things like, this is over, you need to just realize that and move on. Um, we've been separated about nine months. Um, I moved out. Um, the reason is because we've been married about three years. The reason I moved out was because she has a mental disorder um, or illness. It's called bipolar disorder. You may be familiar with it. Yes. And um, she's refused to continue her, her, her treatment, you know, take her medication and go to therapy and um, for an extended period of time and, and despite any kind of um, encouragement by me too, she just says, no, I'm not going to do it. And so I moved out just to try to get some space between us, but then, you know, she became bitter and accused me of leaving her, although, you know, we've been in contact pretty much every day, and I've only moved, you know, to the next town. But my biggest problem I'm hoping you can help me with as a third opinion of a man, of a, a godly uh, man is the pastor who married us um, is pretty much saying, look, you know, God allows divorce in these cases, so in this situation, you know, it's best you move on. But the current pastor of the church I go to is more traditional, and he's like, listen, you know, we have to take seriously the vows, and there isn't any really exterminating circumstances here. There's no adultery or abuse going on with your situation, so, you know, you need to just try to pray through it and and stick it out. And I kind of lean that way. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't really know. Like, I've heard great arguments both ways, and when I've tried to delve into the Bible on my own, um, you know, I know that God hates divorce, but I, I do see that it's been allowed. So I'd like to get your opinion on, just based on the little information I've given you on, on what you think. Yeah, and, and so let me just kind of—let me even— hopefully do one better for you. Um, not that the others, uh, or at least your most current pastor, wasn't attempting to do this as well, but but let me just take my opinion out of the equation altogether, because, you know, uh, you can you can go out and, and, and you can find, you know, talk to 50 people and get, you know, 50 opinions about it, but at the end of the day, I don't think that that's really what you're looking for. I, I think you want to know, you know, what does God think? ultimately what you know what what is god telling you and the nice thing is is that we don't really have to wonder um you know when it comes to the subject of marriage uh and divorce in in matthew 5 and matthew 19 it's it's very clear that that the only um exception and even then it wasn't a requirement it was just the only exception or the only time divorce was allowed was when there was uh, sexual immorality and when there was adultery and so in fact we're, we're told that that if we get divorced in that situation um, that that you know and presumably you move on to another relationship that you actually commit adultery and you cause that that person that you've divorced if they move on to commit adultery so it's something that that is very serious again Matthew 5:32 Matthew 19 verse 9 so um, you know I, I I think that the Bible is 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 very 
much uh, in support uh, of what your pastor is telling you, and that is is that uh, you know we make vows. It's it's not just uh, for better, uh, for richer, and in health. It's for better, uh, f- uh, for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health. And and vows become important not when it's good, but vows become important and are truly tested. Um, I, and, and I think you know this just based on my short conversation with you. I don't don't get me wrong. I, I I'm I'm not. Uh, hopefully, it's not coming across as an elect as a lecture to you. I think you get this. Um, but but that that uh, they become important when uh, when they're tested, and 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 they become important when things aren't necessarily going right. That said, um, let's not kid ourselves. That doesn't mean it's going to be easy to do the right thing. Um, you know, my family will tell you that, that, that one of the things that, that we often talk about is, is, that, is, is that many times it'll cost us uh, a, a lot to do the right thing. It will yeah. cost us um, dearly and, and may hurt us deeply at times uh, to, to, to be faithful to what God has called us to do. And we may not always see in this life the full results of that faithfulness, but that's, we've got to be okay with that. And knowing that that we're doing uh, what the Lord requires. Now, that said, that doesn't mean that that sometimes there isn't a need for separation uh, to work things out. Sometimes for safety. Sometimes, you know, for effectiveness. Um, you know, or or for the benefit of the other person. But but it is to the end that God would reconcile. That God would heal uh, the marriage. I think what would be ideal. It would be if you know, and I don't know if your wife is open to this, but if she would be willing to to go to church, uh, with she's you not. To sit. That's the problem. She's not open yeah. to counseling. She's not open to church. She's not yeah. open to anything. She's bitter because I left for the reason you just explained to just separate yeah. and try to like maybe be a part so that we could refocus and work on things. And she sure. took that as abandonment or or right. she's just very bitter. Um, and so that's where I'm stuck now. Like I'm not the I'm not going to file for divorce. But if she does in this state, there isn't anything I can really do to stop it. Um, well, that's yeah. Then that's another issue too. You know, in First Corinthians chapter seven, it you know it, it, it talks about that, and it says that under those circumstances, that a believer, you know, if the if the unbeliever uh, departs and is not willing to stay, then then you know then a believer is not in bondage in that situation but but you know that aside if if she's willing to stay married and and uh, then then you, you say well you know how long do i do it well be faithful today I, i'm not sure the answer to that question but but be faithful today and pray and uh and and allow the lord to choose for you allow the lord to uh to work it out and 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 allow other people to to make their move while you be faithful Okay, and that, that, I do want to point that out. You brought the Corinthians verse up. We're both believers. It's just that her walk with God right now is, you may call it backsliding or 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 whatever the the term sure. would be. But I mean, she. It's not like she was an unbeliever and I was a believer. Oh, I know that that's a different situation. She's just choosing not to. She's rebelling really against God first and me right now. Um, yeah. And that's and, the, the situation. And she, she may may very well be a, a, a believer, and, and the passage I think still applies. Though, if you have somebody okay. who is not willing to stay in the marriage, you know, uh, uh, you know, you can only control yourself. You can only, 
you know, make decisions ultimately for yourself and you can't change the heart and the will of another person. Right. You know, and so you just be faithful and, and you be faithful today. You know, that's the other problem I think sometimes that we have. We, we're trying to plan out, you know, 10 steps ahead and, and you can't always do that. It's, it's just too complicated. It's impossible to foresee. And so just my encouragement to you is just to be faithful today. John, let me pray for you. I've got to go into a break here, so I'll have to make it quick. But uh, Lord, we just, I just thank you so much for John and him calling in. Lord, I just pray that, that you'd continue to speak to his heart and surround him with godly people uh, to give him good advice, that you'd give him faith in you and trust in you to know exactly what to do and the strength to do it daily. And I just pray for his wife, Lord, that you would just draw her back to you, that you would heal her body and her mind and her heart, and that you would heal this man marriage. Lord, we love you. Uh, we trust you. Uh, and and uh, we just know uh, that uh, that you're going to work. God, bl- God bless you, uh, uh, John. And, and I just uh, I pray that uh, you'd have a great day. We're going to be going to be uh, praying for you. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you it. Betcha. Amen. Lord, we just uh, we just lift John up and pray that you would uh, just be with him, working in him in Jesus name. Hey, folks, if you want to join me after the break, 303-690-3000. Jason Vanderveer here with you on Calvary Live. And uh, you can text 720-336-0897. We're going to be taking more calls uh, right after the break. Looking forward to it. Great first half of the program. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And welcome back. Jason Vanderveer here with you on Calvary Live. If you want to join me uh, on the program here, I'd love to have you do so. 303 690 303-690-3000. That is the number to call if you want to if you want to join me here on the program. I'd love to have you do so. As uh, we've had some great calls uh, in the first half of the program, Janelle uh, from Colorado Springs, Jim from Greeley, of course, John that we just uh, spoke and prayed with uh, from New Jersey, and uh, you know maybe uh, you're going to be the next one to join us uh, here on the program. Uh, love to have you do so. 303-690-3000. If you want to text, 720-336-0897. Give us a short one-sentence text uh, of, uh, of your, your prayer request, and uh, we'd love to, love to uh, answer as many of those uh, as, we, uh, uh, as we can as well. Uh, with that, uh, let's go to Daniel. Uh, Daniel, welcome to the program. Daniel in Denver. Hi, Pastor Jason. How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm, uh, my question is, uh, let me try to get this right, because uh, it's, it's kind of confusing. Um, so in India right now, you know, these people, they are switching over to the cashless society, and they are putting chips on them, you know, so that they can get their money and buy and sell and stuff, you know. And I'm just curious. I mean, I don't really think in, in that that's the mark of the beast, but... right. Is there any way it could be misconstrued that way, or or because um, my 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 main question is 
says there has to be the beast first and then the mark of the beast is what I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Revelation um, 13, 14, 15, 16, 19, and 20, those chapters all deal with the subject of the mark of the beast. So if any of our listeners want to go back and kind of refresh on that uh, on that subject, of course, the context is the Great Tribulation. So the Great Tribulation, obviously, beginning after the rapture of the church and three and a half years in is really when those things begin to take place. Uh, so it's not really in our time, um, the mark of the beast, nor will it be in the time of the church. So we don't have to worry about that. But that said, um, and, and it can't be mistaken, by the way, either, because the, the mark of the beast, though it may involve some sort of technology and it, it may involve a, a, a cashless, well, certainly is uh, almost a certainty that it's going to involve a cashless society, um, you know, but it's not something that's going to be mistaken. It's the number of his name. It's somehow associated with gematria or the numeric value of the name uh, of the beast. And so, uh, you know, it, it, it won't be something that happens by accident. But to get more specifically to your question, could we be seeing uh, things in our society? Should we be seeing things in our society that are technologically or sociologically moving toward that direction? I would say yes. I, I, I would say that, you know, if we're really in the last days, then then we should see things, um, you know, not vastly different from, from the way that they might be in that time. And and we see the world moving, you know, away from cash. You know, it's too easy to steal a checking account number from a check. It's it's too easy to steal somebody's, you know, uh, uh, credit card number. Um, and and you know, most people listening right now have had their bank account information or their credit card number or their social security number stolen at some point or you know and, and, and abused and so you could see why why this would be embraced and why it is um, you know for convenience and for security purposes beginning to be embraced around the world and and we don't really need to worry about the technology the technology uh, aspect of it or the convenience aspect of it, uh, nor do we need to worry about the mark of the beast as part of the church as as, as believers today, um, but we can see in, in a positive way how we're moving toward the return of Jesus Christ and how these things could unfold during the Great Tribulation period. Yeah, make- yeah, and so so as, I mean, so in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a hypothetical situation, the, the the, 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 and, and I agree with you that you know there's going to be a rapture first, mm-hmm. but in, in a hypothetical situation, say say it's happening, and um, so it, it would have to be on a worldwide basis at the same time, don't you think that if they were going to do the mark of beast, it would be mm-hmm. just all of a sudden one day you got to have the mark of the beast. It's not going to be like it'll start in one country and then move to another and then to another and then you know pretty soon it'll be over there, you know, and and then over here later, you know. I don't. What do you think about that? Well, it, it certainly when you look in the scriptures, everything is going to be during the Great Tribulation and, 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 and during the time of the Antichrist is going to be on a global basis. In other words, you know, you're, you're going to have to have a one world government. You're going to have to have a one world uh, economic system. And then therefore, then this becomes the, the mechanism uh, for people to buy and sell within that one world economic system. So, so ap- absolutely, you've got to move away from from the sovereignty of nations, uh, you've got to move away from from you know individualized 
borders and governments and, and you've got to move to, to a one world reign and a one world uh, currency system. And, and, and certainly we can see in uh, some things more than others uh, a move in that direction, but we see a drift uh, certainly on, on, on uh, both of those fronts. Yeah. Yeah, I just thought, you know, I, I don't really pay attention to world, world news, but I've seen on world news that this, you know, what's going on down in Argentina and, and uh, you know, with all the cashless mm-hmm. play, people that are going crazy with money and stuff. And, and um, I just thought, well, you know, it, and, I, and I started researching a little bit. You know, I'm, I'm a pre-trib person, but I was mm-hmm. just wondering, you know, you answered my question real good. Thank you so much. But I'm just kind of curious about, you know, what, what are the, you know, if there's any, any more little, you know, dots of my and crossing keys with, with, you know, in case some, if it comes up to me and somebody asks me, I'd rather yeah. research it, you know, get, you know, I'll you know, call up there into, you know, Calvary Live and, and, and get their <laughs> input, you know, they always help me out. Yeah. Well, you know, certainly uh, there, there's a lot of things we can look at and say, yeah, we, we, we could see how this is going to be. There's, there's still some, some things that are unknown that we'll have to, to wait and see, uh, you know, how that goes. But uh, listen, I really appreciate uh, you calling in, uh, Daniel, with that question. It's a, it's a fascinating one. And I encourage all our listeners, we, we happen to talk about that with Daniel today with you, but, uh, you know, we talked about it a little bit yesterday as well, so they can go and, and go to the podcast and, and listen to the show uh, from yesterday as well and, and, and get some additional information on that. God bless you, Daniel. Bless you, yep. I appreciate you guys over there doing so. I, I just, I, 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 I love Grace FM, and, you know, it's like, you know, every chance I get, you know, blame me, I, I love to support it as much as I can. And I think anybody else who's listening, I, I would encourage them that, you know, this is a very, very biblical sound station that gives good doctrine, and, and I just love it. So, you know, that I, I appreciate you guys, and keep up the good job, and, 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 I, and I love you guys and pray for you all the time, so thank you. Well, thank you so much, Daniel, for your love, encouragement, and uh, support, and for your call. God bless you, my friend. Hey, folks, uh, Jason Vanderveer here with you on Calvary Live, 303-690-3000. Let's go to Patrick, also here in Colorado. Patrick, welcome to the program. Hi, how are you? Um, I'm doing I'm really actually, well. Uh, I'm actually new to this. One of my friends from work just uh, turned me on to your station. This is the first time I even tuned in at all. I appreciate um, it. Well, I just have some prayer welcome. requests. Yeah. Um, right now, you know, I'm going through a lot with, uh, I just became sober and just gave my life to God about three months ago. Um, I'm having some problems. I want, I want to get my family back. Um, I want to get my, my daughter back fully. And I, I really would like her mom back too. I know I did some messed up things in the past and, uh, I just, I just really could use a lot of prayer right now. Well, how about we just uh, pray, and there's a lot of people listening. They're going to join us, and why don't we just pray right now, Patrick? Thank you. You betcha. Father, I just thank you so much for Patrick. I thank you uh, for uh, his friend uh, encouraging him to listen. I thank you for him turning on the radio and listening and then picking up the phone and asking for prayer. Lord, what wisdom in that to, to, to just know to go to you, Lord. You're, you're the answer. And Lord, I just pray uh, that you'd hear his prayer right now as we, as we pray with him, as we, uh, as we stand with him and, 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 and lift him up to you. Lord, I just pray that, that, you, that you'd continue to strengthen him in his relationship with you. Lord, I pray that you'd continue to to, to support him and, and encourage him and strengthen him by your spirit and his sobriety that he would 
continue forward victoriously, never looking back, never turning back, going back. Lord, I pray uh, that, that as he does and as he seeks you and as he, 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 he's serving you and walking with you and growing uh, in the knowledge of you, Lord, that, that you'd heal his relationships, Lord. I pray that you'd heal his relationship with his daughter. I pray that you'd heal his relationship uh, with his wife, with anyone else, Lord, uh, where there needs to be healing. I pray that, that you'd continue to touch him and strengthen him uh, in his body and in his mind and most importantly, Lord, in his spirit. Lord, I just pray that you'd surround him and protect him and that you'd be with him uh, going forward. Lord, we, we pray all of these things and we know that your desire for him is, is for good. And so, Lord, we just pray that you would just work powerfully in his life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, and I just, one more prayer too. For yep. I mean, and it could be on the side or anything. I'm just having some really uh, bad problems right now. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go to the hospital because the left side of my body is feeling tingly, mm. and um, I just, uh, I just, I don't feel right. And uh, maybe it's because of the side effects from the drugs and stuff. But mm-hmm. it's been a good two and a half months, and I, I just, I just hope everybody could pray for me. And I'm going to be tuning in a lot more too to this uh, radio station because I heard you guys are very, very good and give a lot of the word, and uh, that's what I need right now. Well, just keep staying in the Word, and uh, let's go ahead and, and, and pray for that as well before you go. Father, I do just lift up Patrick's uh, body. Uh, Lord, I, I lift up uh, whatever this is, whether it's a, 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 a withdrawal or a, a reaction to a medication or, or whether it's some other uh, reason for his symptom. Lord, I pray that he would go and that you would immediately connect him with, uh, with a, a, a doctor who can recognize what's going on and who can help him and know exactly how to treat him. And Lord, uh, that you would just touch him and that you would heal his body, Lord. Uh, we just pray all of these things uh, uh, according to your will, Lord. We, we just put them in your hands. We trust you. We know that you love them. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey. Thank you, Jason. Thanks for calling, Patrick. And uh, give us a call back and, and give us an update when, when you have an opportunity. All righty, I will. And, you know, thank you to my friend Richard, too, that, you know, gave me this radio station's number. So thank you, Rich. Yeah, God bless Alrighty. you. God bless you. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. Jason Vanderveer here on Calvary Live. Let's go to Dwight in Aurora. Dwight, welcome to the program. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing well. What's on your mind, Dwight? Well, I didn't catch that one caller. You were talking about uh, the uh, reasons that God gives for divorce. Mm-hmm. And uh, was God also, is it also allowed to divorce? If a husband is physically abusing his wife, and the reason I ask is because people have come to me in the past wanting to know the answer to this question, and I I couldn't see God wanting anyone Mm -hmm. to stay in a relationship like that, but I wasn't positively sure. Yeah, and... Uh, and 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 it's not uh it's a question actually that comes up quite a bit um the caller before uh i know you mentioned you didn't catch it it, it wasn't physical abuse it was uh, a case of mental illness uh was the reason for that that separation but but another perhaps more common well I don't know more common, but it, it's not uncommon. Is 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 the question that you ask, and that's when there is you know someone's physical safety, and there's physical or even emotional uh, abuse is is at issue. Um, as I mentioned um, in Matthew five and and Matthew nineteen, also in Luke sixteen, 
um, Jesus talks about divorce, and he says that the only case where divorce is permitted is in the case of sexual immorality. And the reason for that is, is that, as he describes it, is, is because it breaks that bond <coughs> uh, of of marriage. That 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 two uh, becoming one is broken through uh, the act of uh, of adul- um. of adultery. That said, in First Corinthians seven, which which we also discussed a little bit, you might have heard that. Um, 1 Corinthians 7 deals with the subject of separation. And, and, and what often is, is the answer in those situations is God doesn't have, God may not, uh, God necessarily isn't saying, yes, divorce this person because of physical abuse, but, but that doesn't mean that he necessarily wants somebody to stay in a situation where they're in danger. And so uh, a lot of times, or where they're, where they're being emotionally harmed. And so that's where in 1 Corinthians 7, it talks about uh, uh, being separated. I think that separation is, is an option uh, in certain circumstances, including that for the safety of a, uh, of a man or for a woman, for that, for that matter. And where they can mm-hmm. come apart and where the Lord can begin working on their hearts, where they can receive biblical counseling, uh, where they can be prayed for, and ideally where then, the relationship can be restored and can be safely restored and in holiness uh, actually be uh, restored. But, but God is not saying in that situation uh, to go divorce because of, of, of physical abuse, and that's important to understand because we don't know what God is going to do uh, on the other side of that, and we need to give God an opportunity uh, to work in that relationship rather than, than just you know, say that, that well, we're going to fix this right now, uh, you know, be, because, of, uh, uh, because of this issue. And so we've got to be, be wise, we've got to be scriptural, we've got to be, be careful in, in, in such instances as to how we proceed and how we encourage other people. Right, right, that is true. I did hear, a, I'm trying to think of who it was, I did hear another preacher mm-hmm. uh, say uh, basically that, God does not expect for someone to stay in a relationship where there's abuse. Now, I wonder if maybe they had tried the first, second separation and then got back together and the abuse was still there. Even then, Um, that's, that, even then, that's, you know, it, it, it may, that may seem to make sense to the flesh or to the human mind or the human heart but it is completely opposite of what this what the scripture would say and and whenever anybody says god doesn't expect something and that goes against what the scripture very clearly teaches well, we know that that person's saying something that's maybe popular or saying something that makes them feel right according to their flesh, but is not something that is scriptural. And, and, and in this case, the scriptural advice, the scriptural uh, approach is, is one that may be very difficult. And it is often very, <clears throat> very difficult to stay in a relationship. By the way, as I said, it, by staying in the relationship doesn't mean that you're staying under the same roof or staying in harm's way, uh, but you might create some separation, some distance uh, to allow the Lord to work, not permanently ending uh, that marriage, and to pray and, 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 and to trust in the Lord. Now people say, well, that means I, I can't get remarried. That means I can't date. Absolutely, that's what it means. But, but you know, as I pointed out, we were talking earlier, you know, this is for better, for worse. That's the for worse. 
you know this is this is uh you know in in sickness and in health and and you know and 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 this is the kind of the sickness part this is the the difficulty part and and when we get married we we always think well it's just going to be happy it's going to be good it's going to go easy or at least that's what what people desire but the reality of that is is that sometimes it you know like a lot of things in the christian walk there's trial there's difficulty and as we mentioned earlier mm-hmm. it'll cost you it may cost you dearly uh to do the right thing it may be very difficult it may be very unpopular it may be certainly not uh you know uh, uh commonly understood or or appreciated uh to do what the bible says but but that's where that's where our faith and and our relationship with god is really tested mm, boy that's a that's a pretty heavy one. I'm, I'm taking the worst-case scenario, I guess, uh, somebody who is, you know, maybe unsaved and, you know, absolutely hates his wife because she goes to church, and, you know, the worst case, he's beating her, you know, within minutes of her life. And I, I don't know, Pastor, I, I agree with you. The Bible does say what you said it says. I agree mm-hmm. with that. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I just... Well, it, 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 the Bible says what it says. It doesn't always say what we want it to say. Right, exactly. You, you, you I know, know that. That's and, very true. And, and, you know, that's kind of the difficult thing. And unfortunately for a lot of people, if the Bible, you know, when the Bible doesn't say what it wants to say, well, they try to make it, you know, right. say what it wants to say, or they just ig- ignore it, uh, you know, altogether. And, and, and that's a mistake. Thank you so much for your time. You're right. No, I know you're right. You betcha. Right. I, I, you. Yeah, you, I really dear. appreciate you, Colin Dwight. Appreciate the conversation. God bless you. Folks, 303-690-3000. And let's go to Carlos in Denver. Carlos, welcome. Uh, hi, Pastor. Uh, thank you for uh, taking the call. Pastor, I wanted to uh, praise God uh, because uh, for almost four years I have been free of addiction of marijuana. And I, you know, really wanted to praise the Lord for that. And, uh, yeah, um, I, amen. Yeah. It's, um, such a chain of uh, slavery that God has removed from me. Mm-hmm. And, um, I wanted to ask you if you would agree with this. Um, I believe, you know, when Jesus, uh, said that, um, there's some spirits when he told the uh, the disciples uh, that weren't able to cast um, a spirit, and then uh, uh, later he explained to them that there are some spirits that require um, fasting and prayer. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know Jesus was able to cast it out or cast the spirit out immediately, but right, right. He, explained, he explained the apostles, the disciples that. Some of them, uh, some of those spirits require fasting and prayer. Mm-hmm. And I believe that is the case with addiction, because to me, you know, uh, quitting weed, even though I, I, I was able to, by the grace of God, I was able to quit at cold turkey. Mm-hmm. Um, one day I asked God, I said, Lord, I don't want this anymore in my life. I mm-hmm. don't want it anymore. And um, from that day on, um, I basically fasted on mm-hmm. weed. I did not smoke weed anymore from that day, but for the next seven to eight months, it was so difficult because I, I had nightmares at night, mm-hmm. and um, I could feel like a, a spiritual warfare 
mm-hmm. uh, pushing me uh, towards uh, weed again. And for the next seven to eight months, it was so hard. It was so, so hard. Mm-hmm. But thanks to God, I, I kept the fasting and I did not smoke it uh, for those eight months. And then after eight months... Um, did we lose you, Carlos? And Carlos, I think we might have lost uh, lost Carlos there. Yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately, we lost Carlos. That, uh, but uh, that happens from time to time. I think I, Carlos, if you're listening, uh, my apologies uh, for uh, uh, for losing you there. But uh, but I first of all, I just want to say praise the Lord uh, for your story, and I appreciate you calling in and, and sharing that story. Um, I would agree uh, with uh, with you in one sense. Um, Carlos, you asked the question, would I, would I agree with what you're saying? Of course, um, what you're talking about comes from the ninth chapter uh, of the, the Gospel of Mark, um, the 29th verse, actually, of, uh, of that chapter where Jesus talks about the inability of the disciples to cast out a demon, uh, in that case, a very difficult demon, except through fasting and prayer. I would agree with you in one sense. I would disagree maybe in another sense. Um, and I would say this, that, that, um, uh, that I would uh, agree in the sense that there are things in life, uh, there are addictions, uh, there are trials, uh, there are um, difficult spiritual situations uh, that, uh, that we face um, that, that can only be faced through fasting and prayer. And, and in other words, they, they require another level of prayer. And, and fasting in Scripture we see as, as a way of really kind of uh, uh, supercharging our prayer life, and 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 that's because we're we're removing the flesh from the equation, and the spiritual man is becoming stronger as we do. We're we're feeding the spiritual man, we're denying the physical man, and as we strengthen the spiritual man, his prayers change, and his communion with God changes, and therefore God's uh, working in that situation uh, also uh, is unleashed in 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 a more powerful and different way. And so by fast. Typically, it's meant, you know, not not so much. I would disagree. Not so much fasting from the sin itself, uh, but fasting from food and other things that feed the flesh. Not a lot of times people say, "Well, I fasted from from Monday night football," or I, you know, I fasted from this. Well, okay, but 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 really, there's a difference when you begin to really deny your body. Food itself, something happens spiritually, and I would encourage people to uh, to to begin to utilize fasting uh, in conjunction with prayer. But as we do, uh, then then something takes place, uh, and and the Lord begins to work. Whether it's with addiction, as He did in your life. Now, I, I would disagree in the sense that some people say that that things like addiction are due to demonic possession. Um, I think that that in some cases they can be, but in the vast majority of cases, someone doesn't doesn't have an addiction because they have a demon. Uh, they might be being influenced uh, by Satan and by demons in the spiritual realm, but they're not necessarily possessed. So I would I would disagree in that sense. But I would say that the scripture uh, and the encouragement to fast and pray in difficult spiritual situations still does apply. So appreciate you calling, uh, Carlos. And uh, we got time maybe for one more call. Let's go to Dan uh, in Parker. Dan, welcome to the program. Hey, Jason. Um, How you doing? I'm doing good. I just had some questions about the book of Revelation. I've been going to a Bible study, and I always used to view Revelation 17, 18, and 19 pre-millennium, but then after doing a more critical mm-hmm. 
view of Revelation 17, verse 8, it looks like it's the time marker, and it's actually placing those in the millennium. Well, when you look at it, I would I would place it as well, and, and I apologize uh, right from the start here, uh, as I've only got about three minutes left, so this answer probably will have to be shorter uh, than, than, than I'd like it to be. But you mentioned Revelation 17, verse 8. He says, The beast that you saw was and is not and will ascend uh, out of the bottomless pit and go to perdition, and those who dwell on the earth will marvel whose names are not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world when they see the beast that was and is not and yet is. Um, when you look at verse 8, I don't, I don't see anything uh, post-millennial at all because he, he's talking about the beast uh, rising. He's not talking about Satan being loosed after the millennial reign of Christ, which is something vastly different. Um, we see that, that the beast and, and the false prophet uh, are cast into the lake of fire uh, after, after the battle of Armageddon, uh, but that Satan is bound and loosed after a thousand years. You have the, essentially the, the satanic trinity. You have the dragon, you have the beast and the false prophet, or Satan, the Antichrist, and the false prophet. In this case, it's the Antichrist in verse 8 of Revelation 17. Uh, during the great tribulation, uh, the beast who was is not and yet is. He was, he has this... Uh, uh, this mortal head wound, uh, perhaps he's shot, some people have speculated or whatever, and they think he's going to die, he may but even die, and yet he comes back to life. Come out of the abyss, and so he's yeah, the beast that, that was and is not and yet is. I'm sorry, uh, uh, say again, what did you say? Um, does it specify that he's about to come out of the abyss? So that's why I was viewing it as Satan was cast into the abyss during the thousand years, so if he's currently there and he's about to come out so then it would place it during the millennium no 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 see so and again two different people the beast is the antichrist and and satan is satan so this is the antichrist that he's talking about and when he says who will ascend out of the bottomless pit and go to perdition it just means that he comes forth from the bottomless pit in other words that's his origin you see what i'm saying so it says the beast will ascend. Oh, yeah okay. so yeah, it doesn't mean that he's locked away as Satan is and then loosed. So, yeah, I would I would agree with what, you know, your premise was at the beginning. I've only got about 50 seconds, so I'm going to have to to wrap it up unfortunately here and go cuz I'd love to talk about this probably for another 4 hours. It'd be a lot of fun. Um, but uh uh basically uh, 17 through 19 are all during the great tribulation period. Okay? Or for the okay. most part. For the most part. So, hey, appreciate your call, Dan. God bless you, my friend. God bless you. Thank you so much. Yeah, you bet, folks. Right, uh bye-bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to Calvary Live and supporting this station, this program. Thank you to all of you who called in or texted in. Uh, appreciate you listening, and Calvary Live will be back uh, on Monday. Jason Vanderveer here with you. I invite you out to Calvary Chapel Parker this Sunday. You can get directions, time, service time, calvarychapelparker.com. God bless you. Take care. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.